everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Last of Pods. It's time to talk about episode six. I cannot wait to dig into this one. I'm Ash Carlson. And I'm Brandon Davis. My friends call me BD, and I'm excited to talk about The Last of Us for the sixth week in a row. I know. Thank you guys all so much for the subscriptions, the reactions. Um, Lamar episode was so great. Um, And we also have a special guest today, don't we, Brandon? Yes, this one's pretty cool. This is uh, somebody whose face you might not recognize from The Last of Us. Uh, Sam Hooksima is going to be joining us to dive into The Last of Us. Sam plays pretty much all of the clickers that you see. Any main clicker that comes into focus, any main clicker that is a threat that gets killed off, uh, Sam is that clicker. Uh, We're going to hear what it's like. How does one become a clicker? Uh, what happens what do you do as a clicker and uh, maybe some more clicking in season two who knows but yeah so sam's joining us in a bit but first you know we got to talk about episode six of the last of us yes what did you what did you think overall thoughts i mean i, I liked it I, one thing I, i'm noticing in re-watching this i'm liking it more the second time around and i feel like all of these episodes one thing i really like is they are all so different from the last like they all have something so different to offer and this offers the reunion between tommy and joel which was beautiful the next separation between tommy and joel which is just like damn they're already apart uh ellie and joel's relationship continues to evolve we get a new character in maria being introduced games players already know maria uh and it's it's i also find it interesting how quickly the show is moving through story points from the game these are If you play the game on easy mode, basically, you can get through the game in a similar pace to what the show is doing. You can play for about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes a session. And if you do that six times, you're at about the same point of the game by the end of this episode. And it's moving very closely. But there's parts of the game that dive into completely different things, like we'll talk about in this episode, how some things were very different in the game. Uh, but then also like there's things the show is doing that don't happen in the game. So it's interesting that they're lining up this way at such a similar pace, but it feels like the show is moving so quickly while not really missing anything or thinning any of the story points out. And I find that very impressive. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought this was one of the, they're all very strong, but I was like, this is one of the strongest episodes because just Pedro Pascal and Tommy have this conversation that is just Mm. so emotionally beautiful and it doesn't really go down like that in the game Tommy and Joel's relationship is a little different in the game it's a little more volatile in this one they they I think have less bad blood than they do in the game but it just Joel thinking he's a failure talking about how you know he can't go on with Ellie because he's going to get her killed and he's feels like he's weak and just the, the tears in his eyes so emotional and then I know we're diving into this every week but Ellie and Joel just getting stronger and stronger and they have this moment where Ellie's like, I'm not her. I'm not Sarah. And you feel it so much in this episode. There's so many times where Ellie's cursing at the dinner table and he's like, hey, watch your language. And she's like, I'm not your effing kid. Like, you don't get to tell me what to do. Um, Just so much of their relationship, like Ellie even talking about what they're going to do after she creates the vaccine and kind of they're starting to really merge their paths together. And I'm, I'm, I'm emotional wreck. This one really got me. For a lot Could of you imagine like the fantasy of as Ellie thinking about like what a hero you'd be to the whole world? I mean, you'd be 
a celebrity without even really knowing the concept of celebrity because you'd be the hero who possibly put the world back on track to be a functioning world, assuming your immunity was able to create a vaccine. So as a kid, as a 14-year-old, you'd be sitting there thinking about all the possibilities, all the wonderful things that could come into the world. And like in this episode, Ellie talks about, is this all they had to worry about? Like boys and, you know, movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's, I mean, obviously, yes, people have other things to worry about, but compared to the apocalypse, yes, you know, that is, that is what, is the big priority social things it's like you know friends movies things like that what we're doing right now talking about a tv show that's all the stuff we do we worry about work we worry about what people think of us we worry about our friends we worry about you know our family uh but not in the sense that you worry about them like oh my gosh did they get infected by a ravenous clicker and torn apart no it's just we kind of go day to day in the life we live and that we seem so spoiled now compared to what they have there and ellie would be fantasizing about every which way she could provide that for people and what that would do for her too i'm sure yeah and this this town in jackson wyoming that they get to is like just such a glimpse of what the real world was or could be like they've said that that place had been established for i think about seven years they run kind of a democracy they stay off the grid which also explains why tommy wasn't answering on the radio because he couldn't risk getting get, giving away the location but no, hold, on, hold, on, hold on a second hold on just a second okay what? tommy was so cold about that to, tommy would to, they tommy explained you know what you just said how they can't get on the radio they can't tell people about this because they don't want the wrong people finding it to tommy that meant not even his brother that I was cold. Tommy, I think Tommy has some resentment towards Joel because of like all the things they've done together. And I think he kind of is like, well, I was just going along with Joel, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. All right. Well, take a little accountability. You were part of it too. Joel didn't make you do these things that you guys had to do to survive. It sounds to me like Joel was trying to protect his baby brother and baby brother wanted more out of this apocalyptic life. So he went off to join the fireflies and then he found a wife and now he's having a family, which I get it. Do your thing. Have Have your family. Everybody should be able to make themselves a priority, but don't all of a sudden come out here, Tommy, and act like Joel was the big problem here. I don't know what happened. I would like, we've talked about on this show before. I'd love to see Joel's backstory. I'd love to see Tommy and Joel's time in the early days of this apocalypse, right after Sarah dies and the the days, the weeks, the months, the couple of years that follow right there, because I feel like there's so much meat on that bone for that story to be told just in their relationship and also in the world building of it. But Tommy was cold, I thought, to cut off Joel the way he did. And if I was Joel, I'd be pissed. I'd be I'd be like, bro, what the come on. I mean, cut Tommy me looks like Tommy looks so good when they reunite. Could you really be that mad at him? He's got that <laughs> stash, he's got that hair. I was like, Gabriel. I mean, they're they're a good looking pair of brothers. They're 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 you know. Oh, they good both, looking good. Yeah. Also, we talked about this last week, but when Ellie rub, rubbed the blood on Sam, we were like, oh, is she actually just trying to comfort him or is she thinking this is going to work and we get a little more insight into this where she was like oh i wiped my blood on him and i knew and i was hoping it would work yeah and ellie when tommy and joel reunite it's a beautiful moment for tommy and joel i love that moment it felt like for a second they were like you know what the past doesn't matter we're together we're family but ellie in that moment just it go the camera cuts to her because it shows us that she feels terrified of now being alone, of now not being that family, of being just the cargo that Joel called her earlier on in this show. And I was, man, I feel for Ellie here. She's like the third wheel of the family all of a sudden after, you know, having all this time alone with Joel and bonding with Joel and riding on the back of the horseback with Joel and the way she looks at him, like like basically a father figure. And there's no denying he looks at her like 
uh, like a daughter in, in a lot of senses, whether he wants to or not. In that moment, she was like, oh, my gosh, please don't leave me, I think, was what Ellie's face was saying. Yeah, which is why that that kind of speech that she gives, which is, I think, almost exactly how it happens in the game, where she's like, everybody I've ever cared about has died or left me except for you and shoves him and is so mad that he's going to potentially leave her. And, oh, that's rough. Yeah, you brought up the game. That is that is very much how it went in the game. I mean, some of that is word for word how it goes in the game to the point that she shoves him and says, everybody has left me, everybody effing except for you. Mm-hmm. And she pushes him and... She says, I'm not Sarah, I'm not her, I'm not Sarah. And he's just like, you're right, you're not my daughter. Uh, that That's very similar to how it went between Troy's Joel and Ashley Johnson's Joel uh, with Pedro and uh, Bella's Ashley, uh, uh, Joel and Ellie. Um, and, but there are some differences from the game in, in this episode. Like when they meet Tommy and Maria, it's not in that same town. It's like at a dam where they are working to restore electricity to their town and they're kind of just it's almost like an outpost type of facility that they're just kind of trying to fix because they have all these raiders who keep coming to their town and raiding and trying to get in and they break stuff and they destroy stuff and so joel and ellie end up kind of witnessing the repair of this hydroelectric dam that restores electricity and then they have the conversation there about you know we uh, uh tommy i need you to take this girl because i can't i'll let her down it's not as deep it's not nearly as deep in the game. This is one of the most beautiful scenes, most enlightening scenes in the show. The mm-hmm. Tommy and uh, Joel conversation that you that you mentioned in the game, it's 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 briefer and it's not nearly as deep, in my opinion. Still good. It hits in a different way, but it doesn't make us feel that emphasis on Joel's fear of failure and losing someone else and trying, as a result, to to prevent himself from losing someone else, even putting himself in a position to care in the first place about losing someone else or to be able to do it. Yeah, that conversation was, I think, one of the best moments in the show so far. I just hit me in the feel, hit me in the feels. Um, but it's like you know when um, you know Joel shows up and he's like, "I'm giving the option," and she's just instantly like, "Let's go." <laughs> I love I'm going it. With you, I love it. I'm I'm Team Ellie Joel all the way. I love these two together. Uh, I, I I I love how this relationship has evolved. They're the most reluctant pair to just keep choosing each other. They well, she's always going to choose Joel. But he's just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But he just knows he's he's going to do it. He has to do it. Yeah. And so I'm happy to see it. Uh, the dog scene was not in the game. No. And I was legitimately tense watching that sequence. I was like, how is this? This dog's something's going to happen here. Also, this is going to be a fight. Someone's going to get seriously hurt. <laughs> what? Also, smartest dog in the world. Like, yeah, seriously. But apparently not. <laughs> But that's true. true. It did not. I I am curious what that means about Ellie's infection, because if the dog didn't smell it and that dog truly is able to do like a smell test on if you're infected, does that mean something about Ellie's immunity where she's not carrying the virus? Like it just leaves her system. Is there something to be learned there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how how to process that moment. We got to get it. We got to get a scientist on the line. Yeah, we do. We do for a lot of this. We're like, why don't they just get a fever? Why doesn't it it just cure everything? There's one other thing I want to talk about before we go to Eastern Colorado. Joel and Tommy talk about the the settlement and they talk about communism. And and Maria's like, that's what this is. It's a commune. And and Tommy is just like, no, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. And Joel <laughs> looks at him and he's like, oh, that. so that's what you're doing here, little bro? I thought we were from Texas. Yeah. You're in the commune. <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious because I just imagine so many just 
grown men from Texas being like, oh, so you left Texas to come join a commune. Okay. And yeah. I just thought that was hilarious because of that moment between them felt like pretty real, maybe stereotypical in what you'd expect. But I know a lot of people who would have that reaction uh, from, from uh, as somebody who lives in Tennessee. I, I can imagine, I know a lot of people who would be like, oh, oh, okay. You're living in a communist area here. Yeah. It's like one of those moments where they're like, no, you, you're, you're, you're a communist. And he's like, Son of a <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. I I dang. <laughs> uh, um, so Joel and Ellie get on the horse, Callus. I think his name's Callus. Um, and they have these really cute conversations about football and then that he was a contractor, which was really cute because he was like, he's like, Oh yeah, everybody loved contractors. It was like the number one job, like everyone. <laughs> really funny. But um, they get to the <laughs> University of Eastern Colorado where the fireflies are meant to be, but it's like eerily quiet. The guard stations aren't guarded, there's monkeys in the courtyard. Um, and so, yeah, they are not there. They have moved on. Yeah. And I mean, it visually looked a lot like the game, which I found very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of like the building layouts and stuff were not exactly the same, but they found a place that they were able to set decorate very impressively to look like this university of Eastern Colorado. What is it? The, the bullfrogs, the horn frogs, bull, oh, bull, big, horns. Okay. Bull, big horns, big horns, big horns. Um, and it's, it's, it's very much like the game because right to the point where when they first go inside a building, like there's a bunch of stuff in the game where you got to set up generators and go around and kill a couple infected to get some gates to open and you're riding the horse, you got to get off the horse, use a dumpster, climb on it, all that kind of stuff. The puzzle aspects of the game come out here. But then there's a part where they go into one of the buildings and they're like, ah, everybody left. But then you hear like a, something crashed down upstairs. And they're like, well, maybe not everybody, but then it's just a bunch of monkeys. Yeah. And you're like expecting, you know, clickers are infected and you just get a pack of monkeys. And Ellie's like, no, I've never seen a monkey before. And that's, it's cute. It's like, you know, it's almost like this father daughter moment. He's watching her see these things, experience these things for the first time. And you, I just imagine Joel is loving it. I, I want to imagine that even as much as he doesn't want to. Oh no, he's definitely, you can, you can sense he smiles more and more and more as the show goes on. Yep. Yep, which sets up, you know, everything that it it opens the door for drama. I've said this, uh, this. I'm not the one who made up this quote. I saw this somewhere on Twitter, and I think this probably comes from somebody important and smarter than me. But a good writer makes you love a character. A great writer makes you suffer for it. And I'm loving these characters, and I'm loving their relationship. And I think there are great writers here, which means we're going to suffer for that. And we do, because Joel gets stabbed. And... <sighs> It is gnarly. So in the game, he fall. They, they, there are raiders there, and he falls off a, or they or is it infected? And it's falls- like a well, yeah. They're like they, they, they. Well, they kill you. Fight you. Fight a bunch of clickers and a bloater in this location. Yeah, there's a bunch of infected there. Where yeah, the- and then after you kill them all, you go into like this scientist's lab, and you find a tape recording, and you fa- you found various recordings and notes and stuff along the way, which really just help world build. But you find like a skeleton of a guy who I believe offed himself oh, and right. a tape recorder, and Joel just kind of skims through it, and then you ultimately find him saying, "The Fireflies left here. They went to Santa Rosa Hospital in Salt Lake City." And then as soon as that plays, as if on cue, <laughs> a bullet comes through the window, and these people show up to start fighting. And I guess that's the equivalent to what we're getting in the show that you were just talking about. Yeah. So this fight breaks out, and Joel falls off a balcony and is like impaled, versus yes. he gets kind of stabbed here. Um, but it is, it's it's gnarly. It's it's and and the moment where Ellie is like, "Don't go anywhere. I need you." Um, they are completely bonded at this point. And nothing good can come of this. <laughs> um, yeah, this was honestly, this was one of the most shocking moments in the game for me. 
And I, the way that it was done differently in the show ended up being shocking for me anyway, because there's, there's so much that, you know, is coming because we've played the games and we know the game so well that when the show changes some things to get to the same story points, ultimately they find ways to do it that are really surprising. And when it's the edge of a, the handle of a baseball bat, instead of, I guess, like a Rick Grimes, whatever that, like those metal rods are that are sticking out of concrete that yeah. he, he, he falls down and it goes through him from his back all the way through in the game. And now it's a baseball bat sticking out of his stomach that he has to pull out. First of all, isn't like the first now, listen, I I know I've made my medical assumptions on the show before and I'm probably way off, but don't they say like, if you get impaled by something or you get stabbed or something, if you pull it out, you bleed out faster. You're not supposed to pull it out, but I think, but people's instinct is to pull things out. But like, also what is he going to do? It's not like he can get, get, go keep it in and get to a hospital and get stitches. He's going to have to pull it out. Yeah, they could have got away, you know, I know. something. But yeah, I don't I mean, no matter what, it's a very unfortunate situation. Yeah. And Joel, Joel's down bad um, and falls off. the. Oh, my God. It's just it's awful. And then a little Easter egg, I guess, is in the in the when the credits start rolling, a cover of Depeche Mode or as Brandon would say, Depeche Mode starts playing, which if you remember in the first episode, that means trouble from that era. So that's <laughs> yep. not good. <laughs> Trouble's back. Trouble is coming. Uh, a couple things I want to point out from the episode before we move on to our interview. Ellie eating like a savage. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, it just goes to show that Ellie was not raised in this sort of commune. She just never had the same kind of civilization, like conforming into like what we consider normalcy. She's just out there eating when she can. And in that same scene, when Tommy tells Joel that Maria is family, they're engaged. Uh, Ellie blurts out, congrats. Joel, on the other hand, doesn't. And I didn't take that as Joel being salty that Tommy has, you know, this woman in his life and he's not a priority or something. I took that as a reminder to Joel of what he has lost, that Joel in that moment was just like, well, now I lost Tess and it's hard for him to be happy for other people because he just keeps losing, which ultimately is what this episode seems to amount to, that he just keeps losing. He keeps failing. He fails in his sleep beautifully written words beautifully written script beautifully performed scene by Pedro we talked I know we already talked about it but I thought I just think it was so good and so powerful that you know I fail every day I fail in my sleep it's like that's a real thing for people and it results in anxiety for Joel and you see him having anxiety attacks at first when I've watched this is he having a heart attack I know he's talking about being 50 something years old Uh, maybe his heart's coming for him but then you know it's anxiety setting in and the way they film that that's so real anxiety sucks and you never know when it's going to hit you and Joel is going through it, and he, the way he verbalizes what he's feeling, I was like, man, a lot of us, maybe not in this apocalyptic way, but a lot of us are going to understand this and be like, dang, I feel that too sometimes. Uh, and anxiety sucks, and Joel's going through it in a terrible time. And ultimately, at the end of this episode, he decides, I'm not going to let the anxiety win because he decides to go with Ellie. It's clear this this guy loves Ellie. Ellie loves him back, and I'm really glad he made the choice that he did. Yeah, before before we go, a couple little Easter eggs too. I want there's this point where Joel is using duct tape to like fix his boot. Um, and I just thought that was a cute little subtle thing because in the game you use duct tape for freaking everything. You craft everything with duct tape. Duct tape is so essential. And then in the room that Ellie's staying in, which by the way, like if you are on the Easter egg hunt, it's always fun. There's like a giraffe in every episode, I'm pretty sure, but there's a poster of a giraffe that Ellie is staying in, which is a big symbol oh. in the show. 
Nice. I didn't catch that. I did like Google the names of all the boys on the list. Of, Me like, too. I didn't say just... I was like, who are they? And they're just random. If it was like a Marvel movie, somebody would have been some obscure comic character who will appear in a movie in 10 years, but it's The Last of Us. And they're like, no, 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 no. These are just these are a bunch of kids. Maybe maybe they meant somebody to whoever made the note. But uh, I also want to give one shout out to the um, the cinematography this episode. Uh, it, it was uh, directed by Jasmila Zbanik. I want, hope I said that right. And the director of photography was Christine Mayer. And there are just beautiful, beautiful shots that use natural light and use the landscapes and capture them traveling. And I just wanted to shout that out because I thought that they looked visually just beautiful. And you could screenshot those and set them as your desktop backdrop and they, they would look fantastic. So, the River of Death was beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is Joel dead? Well, we'll find out at the end of this show. We'll talk about if Joel dies here uh at the end of this show after our interview in the spoilers for the game section uh ash anything you want to talk about from this episode before we move on to our interview no i think i'm ready to to click in let's click in all right we'll see y'all in a minute everybody when we come back we have a clicker on the last of pods sam hooksuma is joining us see you in a moment Welcome back to The Last of Pods. Right now is the special guest portion of the show. This is spoilers for everything that has happened so far on the show. Spoilers for the game might follow here as well. I don't really know. We're going to have a fun time here, Ash, uh, because we have a really cool guest. And I want to welcome our guest for this episode of The Last of Pods, Sam Hooksima, who played a clicker on The Last of Us. Sam, dude, what's going on? Hey, man, how's it going? Thanks for having me, you too. Thank you for being here. This is really cool. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this experience with you. <laughs> Me too. Likewise, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk about this. You know what a what a dream show. Yeah. To back it all the way up, what was your relationship with The Last of Us before becoming a clicker? Definitely, uh, my relationship was was you know I would say maybe in a premarital state. Uh, you know, a very very fond fond loving relationship. Um, you know, I I go way back with the original game. Uh, I'm a huge nerd, uh, and um, The Last of Us was just one of those games that instantly stood out to me. You know, it's just like unbelievable the storytelling, the the cinematic qualities throughout the games. You know, the music, everything was just like bang, bang, bang. You know, and uh, uh, so when this came across the table, it was um, I was like, oh, you know, that'd be nice in another life, maybe, hopefully, you know. And then it ended up happening, and it was just like. Oh my gosh, you know, you can't you can't wish for things like this. You know, it's amazing. So yeah. When you say it came across the table, like what is that when the process begins to become a clicker? What's the first step? When did you realize like this might be happening? How do you find that out in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, just started with a, a an audition, but I um the audition process was obviously a little bit different than when you're going in for a, a, a traditional speaking role. Um, so our movement coach at the time, Paul Becker, had performed and prepared with the uh, executive team a, a sort of movement piece that reflected a sequence from the second game. Um, and they just, uh, you know, asked us to do our best to replicate Paul's sequence and, um, and uh, you know, try and include some of the vo- vocalization as well in the, uh, in the piece, which was... Wait, so you uh, had to make clicker noises? I did, I did. And that, <laughs> like in the audition? Yes, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to be honest, that was like the hardest thing, you know, like, because for me, I don't know. I mean, 
it's funny just like you hear when you're on set you hear everyone else, like everyone's rendition of what a click sounds like which is great <laughs> for me i'm like i can only do like i can only get close if i'm doing like like uh like i'm being in like a screamo band or something like when i was 16 or something and it's like it's all inhaling rather than exhaled it's like inhaled vocalization and so i found that when i was doing the audition um it was like really complicated to wrap my head around it mentally because obviously when you're doing big movements like you know when you're at the gym or anything like that you know the rule of thumb is you exhale you know and then you do the rep and and this was like the opposite and so the movement was almost like not the hard part the hard part was like figuring out how to like make the equation work you know because mm -hmm. um, i would just like do a movement i would do like the um you know like the classic kind of like echo locate and i would want to just like exhale and like get it all out of my body and it's the opposite it's like bringing it all in um so you know it's it's these like funny dynamics that obviously as as time went on it, it got a lot easier but that was like roadblock number one. Oh my gosh try to figure that out you know <laughs> gosh and and to to clarify the clicker that you play you play yeah. the one in the museum right so it's the first clicker that we see in the show yes um yeah so i actually play multiple clickers throughout the season so essentially when there is um what we would call i guess like a hero clicker you know when there's a close-up or or any sort of um premeditated sequence then um i'll kind of hop in and uh, do my thing and yeah so the first the first um the first uh entrance of that would have been the museum sequence um with pedro and, and bella and anna which was, um, you know, just a ton of fun. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That museum sequence was crazy. I remember I, I, I have like two speakers in the back of the room where I watch movies and shows in my house. And yeah. the, the clicker, you come in from the left side of the screen and it only came through the left speaker. And it felt like there was like, a, 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 like right next to me. <laughs> and that like skeeved me all the way. I was crazy. I felt like I was in The Last of Us. So was oh that did, did your sounds end up making it into the show? Like, was that you doing the clicking noise you know i mean i would have to defer to production on that that's oh, okay a, that's, a, that's a craig question and a neil question but um yeah. you know for sure on the day um i was doing my best i'll say that much <laughs> you know uh, because it makes a huge difference right i think for everyone involved when you're when you're in the moment um especially because of the nature of clickers you know like the the, the vocalization of the clicker is 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 so important for the people in the room to understand where they are and like what's going on and how they are trying to kind of locate um you know that party or whatever so i think it was really helpful for not only myself but definitely for like bella and pedro also you know just like just helps ramp that up you know and and, and just offers that extra um real circumstance i guess yeah. clickers are just the most undefeated marco polo players ever oh, they're just 100 percent. <laughs> yes a hundred percent, which you, is like ironic because I feel like I was just textbook so bad at games like that. <laughs> so I'm, you, like, you, I'm having my moment, you know. You had mentioned uh, that they call them hero clickers. It's funny. I was I got to be a zombie on The Walking Dead. Well, they a walker on The Walking nice. Dead, and I heard yeah, you yeah. can't say zombie on the set of uh, Last of Us either. You have to say infected or something else, and just like same with Walking Dead. When I did the zombie thing or the walker thing, I was I had to get in the makeup chair at like eight a.m until about 12 30 p.m and then you're on the okay. set from like i think i was there for like eight to ten hours and then just getting it off took like alcohol and brushes and it took like a salad almost two hours just to get it off 
Well, I mean, and I imagine that these clickers are even more intense than just the, the, the prosthetic for a zombie face. How long were you in the chair every day to put this on? So I think the first time we did a makeup test, it probably took us like eight hours, you know? Wow. Um, and that was without teardown, like your breakdown, like you're saying at the end of the day. Um, but by the time we got to um, our final sequences, like, I would say that it was probably closer to like four or five hours, you know, so like pretty healthy, honestly, pretty healthy amount of time. And then breakdown, breakdown re really didn't actually take that long because um, I imagine with what you're talking about with the walkers, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of like fine individual things. Whereas with, with, with um, the prosthetics, it's, it's kind of like um, pieces on top of different pieces and kind of like all coming together. Um, so at the end, they were able to kind of just like get them all off, um, which which is kind of nice, <laughs> you know, but but uh, I mean, honestly, that time goes by so fast when you're with people like Barry Gower, you know, and like Duncan Jarman, our sculptor. I mean, it's like I'm uh, I'm just a true lover of this industry, you know, and like every piece that goes into making the sausage, as it were, you know, so for me. I probably was like, I was probably getting on their nerves at some point, just like <laughs> asking them all the questions. You know what I mean? Like, what, what was it like when you did this and like this? And they're like, like, we're trying to work here, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Like and yeah. I just know from like talking to Neil and Craig too, that the, the, the look of the clicker was one of the most important things for them. And one of the things that I think was hardest to crack, were you there for like the, the kind of testing of it all and trying to get to what the final look would be? Um, I wasn't. So that was definitely more, more Barry Gower doing his, his prosthetic tests with, with the team that would have been maybe a month or two before I had come in. Um, and uh, I think they ended up doing the initial tests just on one of the, uh, the team members at, at BGFX, which is Barry Gower's um, workshop. Uh, so there's some photos somewhere probably of her, which is great. Um, yeah, but I, I came in, probably about a month or two after that. Um, so once I was there, it was pretty much solidified, I want to say. But even so, you know, even up to the last moment, they were they were doing fine tuning, you know, and when we did that makeup test with Neil, there were still, you know, a couple notes. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was really important to everyone that, that you know, if you're going to do the clickers, you got to like, you got to get it right because there's so many people that have a relationship to these things, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, on Walking Dead, they wouldn't let us keep the prosthetic, even though like I, 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 they were made each day. I was like, can I keep that zombie face? And they're like, no, 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 we got to throw it out. Like we, I was like, you're throwing it out. Did you, did they let, did you keep the clicker head? I, you know, I may have had a similar conversation, <laughs> uh, you know, and it may have gone a similar way. Um, I mean, you know, at the time it was like, we shot this, you know, we shot the museum sequence in 2021, you know? So wow. like, it's, it's, it's been some time, you know, obviously, um, I mean, it was a huge undertaking production wise. So I think, I think, you know, there was res uh, a respectful hesitation in like the risk of some of these things being out in the world, you know, which is totally understandable. Um, but I, you know, I think I might knock on some doors now that it's, uh, now that it's out. Yeah, you deserve it. Um, <laughs> when you, when you have the prosthetic on, how do you, how do you see you know, you can, it's all practical. Um, and basically, Barry has designed like a, a an eyepiece, essentially, that has like um, Velcro or something, I want to say. And they just will take it out so I can kind of like walk to the location, uh, get set up. And then when we do, 
you know, finals and, um, you know, those final adjustments before the camera rolls, they'll kind of put the eyepiece back in. And when that happens, it's like you're in, uh, you know, it's like you're really in a tunnel. It's, it's very, you know, no peripheral vision, um, just kind of these, these little eye sockets, um, which really to me, like, at first it was it was challenging but by the by the time i kind of got used to it it actually really helped in a way because that's that's the reality of of echolocation is is it's very much um forward facing it doesn't it doesn't kind of work in like a 3d way um like the way that like barn owls use it to locate mice under the snow or things like that they they have to be front facing so i kind of like channeled my inner barn owl and um you know used it to my advantage as it were is this is this all stuff you learned like during so was there a training process because i imagine echolocation and barn owls maybe you already <laughs> had that information handy somehow but is on, this don't, all... I, don't i look like a nature guy you know yeah 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 bear girls <laughs> um, over here yeah uh no i mean that was all you know i mean i just wanted to for me coming from the games and 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 feeling so strongly about them, you know, I felt, I felt just such a responsibility to like make it feel as rooted and truthful as possible. And so I kind of did like, you know, I researched this, I researched that. I just tried to like get everything I could that felt um, like plausible little spices sort of to like throw into the pot and then just kind of did my like Jackson Pollock and, and kind of combined it all at the end. But but yeah, that was all just kind of on my end, like prepping. I was lucky that I had a good lead time before we shot where I was able to really kind of like get my hands dirty and explore these things. And um, when I had my first rehearsal on set with with uh, with Neil and, and our stunt team, um, you know, I was a little nervous, but Neil was totally just like, trust yourself, you've got it. And, and then we were off to the races. It's like, nice. what is Sam doing in the backyard? Like, oh, he's doing his clicker practice. No, just uh, no I, I mean, Ash, it's like, I rented. You imagine going viral on TikTok? Like, yeah, the, I rented the guy in the backyard. Studio, just <laughs> and I was like, I would record myself and do these scenes in there. And it's just like, man, if it's like a two-part studio, and I was just like, there's like Irish dancers or like you know, if they're ever gonna open the door and see what I'm doing in the other room, they're just gonna be <laughs> like, this guy's not allowed to come here anymore. <laughs> like, like something weird going on over there. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see if we can if Ash and I can get a lesson in this. Can yes. we try our? Can you get tell us how to try our best clicker sounds? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, so well, okay, this is this is you know it's tricky. Everyone finds it a little differently, so you know, okay. I defer to the artist that is within you. Um, but uh, you know, for clicker boot camp, I would say you know. Um, think of like the ring, you know, the ring she has, or the grudge, the grudge story. There's that kind of like, uh, uh, you know, and then if you try that as an exhale or sorry, as an inhale, you end up getting these kind of like squeaky sounds. Uh, I'm going to try this genuinely. Yes, let's go. My <laughs> clicker now. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we can make it work. Right. Like, I mean, that you, you you got what like sixty seconds only? I mean, we we can make we can make this happen for sure. We'll do a little clicker boot camp. Um, yeah, I'm ready for season two. I'm ready for season yeah, two. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I know. I I know a guy. His name is Neil. I can text him. We'll do a little voice. Uh, you know, a little FaceTime. Get your get your clicker sounds ready, and we'll see what happens. How <laughs> casual is that? I could text Neil Druckmann. No big deal. No big, <laughs> no big deal. deal. I saw him at Universal Studios last week. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I was at Universal Studios and he walked by and I was like, that was Neil Druckmann. See, if the, if that had happened this week, then you could have done your clicker sound. <laughs> I mean, like, listen. And, and just done, like, a cold audition right then and there. Been like, 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 I talked to Sam. like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> I, I like to that. imagine that Neil also said, oh, and that was Ash Crossan, host of yeah. The Last of Pods. No, of Neil's going to be like, you are way too short to be a clicker. <laughs> no can't. way. No way. You kidding me? What about episode five? The child. Oh, I the mean, child. That, like. I mean. That kind of messed me up a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, children can be. <laughs> yeah, it messed me up too. I, I I was a huge fan of Blue's Clues when I was a kid, and and I feel like I've got a bit of a trauma from her wearing that shirt, you know, and like attacking Melanie. That's just gonna that's gonna live like somewhere deep in my brain for a long time. Oh my god! So you mentioned in the audition, like what surprised you the most was getting the 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 clicker voice first, the movements. Yeah. But when you're actually on set, was there anything that surprised you about the experience? So like, what surprised you most about it? Definitely. Uh, what surprised me the most, I think, was just how taken back our team was by by like when everything was like put together. You know, like I remember the first time we did, a, we had like a a, a a rehearsal the day before we shot with with Pedro and and uh, and and Bella and Anna and like Anna. Anna was like dude i can't even like no it's nothing personal but, like i can't even like look at you this is so intense you know and and um it was just how real it was for everyone you know because i think like when you're in this industry you see all kinds of crazy stuff and it's easy to get desensitized a little bit you know you're like oh yeah what we're like shooting lord of the rings and there's like three thousand orcs or whatever you know it's easy to kind of like but but that didn't seem to happen at all. People were just so in it. And that was um, that was such a joy for me. I just kind of got to like giggle to myself and just like double down, you know what I mean? And really like lay in. <laughs> so then when they got to lay in to the clicker and Pedro kills you, <laughs> can you walk me through what it's like as a clicker to get put down in the museum? And then I assume you also died multiple times in episode five. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, I feel like I'm maybe getting close to rivaling, like maybe at the end we can put together like a super cut of like, uh, like a, a death, be a death reel that maybe I can like rival Sean Bean or something like that. Just have like a clicker death reel. You know, it's, it's an art to learn how to die multiple times. Um, but for sure it's, it's fun. You know, it's like, uh, you um you just roll with it right you just roll with it like i don't know how, how else to explain it yeah um now that season two is announced are you excited to potentially come back and oh re-click yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would be a dream yeah i would click right in there yeah i would uh you know i mean i've i've said to barry and and them like i would happily do this until i'm 100 years old like even if you have to just wheel me around or whatever you know i'll i'll, I'll we can maybe find a you know uh, like a uh, an old folks home or something that's like occupied by uh granny clickers and grandpa <laughs> clickers and stuff. Clickers. yeah that would be you know i'll I, I it's a dream right it's like how often do do things like this come along where you get to work with you know not only craig but like the fact that neil is is so involved in the project as well right it's just like it's a dream come true you know and we have an amazing executive team all the creatives on board, the the different um, you know department heads. I mean, it's like it's it's truly inspirational work, and it's it's just such a pleasure that you know we're finally getting to share it with the audience. 
Yeah. And, and it's got to be nice that the audience is loving it as much as we all are. And so before we, uh, before we wrap this up, where can we find you? What's next for you uh, coming up? For sure. Um, I mean, you know, unfortunately, this business is riddled with uh, non-disclosure agreements. So I, I can't really talk about the next thing I'm working on at the moment. But safe to say, um, yeah, I've got some stuff coming out later this year um, that I'm really excited for as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, I'm on Instagram, you know, people can find me there and, um, you know, they'll be able to keep keep uh, keep posted there. I love it, man. Well, dude, this was awesome to hear about what it's like to be a clicker. I uh, I hope they get you back there for season two and you can keep on clicking, dude. It's It's been a pleasure, Sam. And uh, thank you for coming on The Last of Pods. Everybody watching and listening, uh, when we come back from this quick break, we are going to be diving into what's next on the show according to the game. So this is the spoiler portion coming up here. Again, thank you, Sam. We'll see y'all in a minute. Thanks so much. Cheers. Welcome back to The Last of Pods. Huge thanks to Sam Hooksima for joining us. Honestly, I could have talked to Sam for like another five hours. I, I could have too. <laughs> it's just cool to hear about that experience. Like To be a part of this show in any capacity would just be incredible. I imagine these sets are just the most immersive, just gorgeous places ever. And to be a clicker, I mean, come on. That's, that's cool. Incredible, incredible. Um, I do so, need to work on my clicker sounds, though. I know mine. Mine was not was not it. Um, <laughs> so this comes to the point in the show where we talk about these spoilers in the games, mm-hmm. not anything that's coming up in the show. We don't know. Sometimes they make deviations, but if you are not interested in what is happening next in the game, this is your warning. This is your time to say goodbye. Come back another time. Um, but let's dig into it because there's some things I want to talk about here um, that were like Easter eggs, sort of pertaining to The Last of Us 2. So when they get to Jackson, Wyoming, Mm -hmm. this is where Joel and Ellie end up in The Last of Us 2. So they have Mm -hmm. like the tipsy bison in the background, which is a bar that Ellie like visits before she goes out on patrol. Um, And then in there's like that baby horse she meets named Shimmer. That is her horse in The Last of Us 2. She meets him or her. In this moment, and it's really cute. And then in the room that she's staying in, there's a Radiohead creep poster, and that is a song that she plays on the guitar in Last of Us Two. So I didn't, lots I didn't of groundwork there. Yeah, that's 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 kind of an advantage they have with the show that they didn't have while making the game. That because now they know kind of where they're going, and they seem to be following the games really faithfully. And you did just answer a very important question from this episode about the game: Does Joel die from this wound? And the answer is no. Uh, in the game, no, Joe does not die from the kind of big core area abdomen impaling, which ends up being a baseball bat stab here. Uh, it does put him down bad. Down bad. And and, and escaping this whole sequence is it, it, you play as Joel and like the screen is really dark and you're moving really slow and you're falling over and Ellie has to kill a bunch of people to get you out of the the the, the college campus and onto the horse. And ultimately it falls off the horse and it cuts to black and cuts to later. And what follows in the game kind of was played with at the beginning of this episode, because there's a rabbit that gets killed with an arrow and Ellie is hunting rabbits. It was talked about in this episode teaching her how to hunt rabbits, but in the show and the game, uh, she hunts a rabbit to start kind of the next portion of the game, which follows this part of the story from the show. But the show opened today with that couple 
uh, having hunted rabbits and bringing them in. So we kind of already got that moment. And the next part of the game is the first part where you play as Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's ambiguous to us as players, whether or not Joel is alive, you start playing as Ellie and you're like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we learn that he, she's kind of like just nursing him back to health. Yeah. And so she runs into some really awful people. So everything, the only, there's not much left from the first game for the show there is the kind of ellie portion of it she runs into some awful awful people awful people cannibals terrible terrible people uh that she ends up fighting off and then they go to salt lake city as that tape recorder indicated uh so there's also though the dlc for the last of us part one which shows us the riley story and we haven't got that yet on the last of us tv show so all that considered amounts to about three hours of content, I'd say. If you're playing on easy mode, maybe four hours, which is an hour 15 each, uh, it seems like they're really on pace to tell the story of the first game in its entirety, including the DLC in this first season of the show. Yep. And we know we're getting it because we've seen in the trailer, we see Riley, like we're definitely getting that story. So mm-hmm. I just can't believe I like we're almost through the game. It's wild. It's crazy. There's only three episodes left. And hopefully our bonus episode of The Last of Pods to talk about the whole season. But we'll get into that when we can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's 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 all I've got for today. Uh, I thought Sam was an awesome guest. And we have some more awesome guests that we are just trying to finalize lining up. I'm not they're not like booked enough for us to say, hey, here's who's on the show next week. But I'm pretty sure we have some dope guests coming and I'm really, really excited for them. And as soon as it's officially official. I'm going to be dropping that on Twitter oh, as yeah. soon as I can. You guys are yeah. going to be very happy. Very yeah. happy. So that's the last of pods. Please drop us a five-star review on every major podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe to the comicbook.com channel. Head over to ET and comicbook.com for more coverage of The Last of Us. And uh, I'm really excited to do this three, maybe four more times with you. Yeah, you handled those outros beautifully. I'm never even going to try again. <laughs> <sighs> thank you thank you thank you all right everybody we'll see you we'll see you next week see you next week